Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is entitled, Where Are You? My text is taken from Genesis 3, verse 1 to 11, and I am going to take verse 11 to start part 2 of my teaching from the New International Version, and I read. So it's Genesis chapter 3, and I'm just going to read verse 11. And he said, Who told you that you are naked? So children of God, the Holy Spirit has sent me to ask you the question. Who told you that you're naked? Adam, who told you that you're naked? James, who told you that you're naked? Maggie, who told you that you're naked? Mary, who told you that you're naked? Marcia, who told you that you're naked? Peter, who told you that you're naked? And have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? That is my reason for coming to you today, and that is the naked truth. God created the man and woman in his image after his likeness. Image speaks of the qualities of God, while likeness speaks of his autonomy, power, and might. So Papa God came to the garden to have fellowship with a couple as per usual, and he did not see the man or his wife. Then he asked two questions. Question number one, where are you? And question number two, did you eat from the tree that I told you wasn't to eat from? So before I go into that, let us review a little of last week's teaching. Adam and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid, the Bible let us to know, that they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And I went on to share um, Shama, Shama, S-H-A-W-M-A-H. So Shama um, is the Hebrew word for herd. And Shama means to hear intelligently, to hear together with attention and obedience, to attentively call together, carefully and certainly. In other words, the couple had no ambiguity, no vagueness or uncertainty as to who it was that they heard was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Furthermore, the man and his wife intelligently, with attention and obedience together, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking. And I went on to share last week in my teaching the awesomeness of Papa God, tremendous awesomeness of Papa God, tremendous in glory and in honor. It was Papa God that chose the cool of the day to visit Adam and his wife to have fellowship, despite 
the falling out of relationship that they had with him and for disobeying God's instructions. They committed mass treason. They usurped God's authority when they took counsel from the serpent, which ultimately caused the fallout of relationship with Papa God. So in spite of all that, Papa God came down as per usual to have fellowship with the man and his wife. And when he did not see the man or his wife, he just basically asked two questions. Where are you? Then verse 8 says to us, The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9, But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? The man answered in verse 10, He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because... I was naked. So this teaching is to address naked. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? And did you eat from the tree that I told you weren't to eat from? See, children of God, when you eat the fruit, when children of God are disobedient, and we eat of the fruit from the tree that God per, per, um, permit us not to eat, uh, you will eat lies of the devil. So the devil... Verse 7 said, the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. They realized because you, what the devil does is tell them lies. You cannot make it. Oh, he knows from the day your eyes are open, you know good from evil. But God didn't create us that way to know good from evil. Yes, this is what the devil said to them. The eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were open. They were naked. You cannot make it. Those, you are hopeless. Anytime you hear all those, those things, you're a deadbeat. Don't allow the devil to sow fig leaves on you. Fig leaves means lies. Fig leaves means fear and torments. They are symbolic. Fig leaves are symbolic. That means fear and torment. He hid himself from God. God didn't create man to hide himself. God created man to have fellowship with man. So don't allow the devil to sow fig leaves on you. Fig leaves means fear, anxiety, horror, distress, torment, terror, lies. Believing something is there when nothing is there. You're not educated and so you cannot open a business. That's a lie. You cannot start a company. That's a lie. You cannot have a family. That is a lie. 
You cannot become what God created you to become. That is also a lie. You are not of that color in skin type, so you cannot make it. That is a lie. Don't allow the devil to sow fig leaves on you. So this is why I'm here this day to tell you it is a lie. You're not naked. You're not rejected. No one can reject you. It's not over until God said it's over. If it didn't work out, if you were in a relationship or a business and it didn't work out, you are not rejected. You, you, you're just stalling for a period of time until your change come. You're stalling for greatness. You come out of it because the next is going to be greatness. The business didn't work out, but the next business coming up is going to be great. You're not a rejection. You're not a reject. You're not a bum. You're not hopeless. You're blessed and highly favored. You're destined to win. And your time has come. And the fact that you are, have been created and the fact that your life is spared to hear these words, your time has come. So you need to tell your neighbor, my time has come. God did not remove the gifts he created in, in the man. He put him out of the garden, but he did not devoid him out of the gifts that he created in him. Adam was created in the image and likeness of God, and he's still so. Image speaks of God's qualities and likeness speaks of God's autonomy and power. And he said, who told you that you were naked? So hear the naked truth, children of God. Last week, I shared how Adam's covering was removed. Covering is the glory of God. God removed his covering from Adam because of Adam's insubordination, Adam's disobedience, Adam's non-compliance, defiance, naughtiness, waywardness, and God cannot be allied with sin. God restored man's covering back to him uh, uh, and to you and I through the re re redeeming and the redemption in the blood of his son, the Lord, the precious Lord, Jesus Christ. Jesus became our sin offering. He is the sacrificial lamb. He became the sin offering for us. He is the currency that Papa God desired and required to pay back the price for Adam's fallen race and the sin that Adam committed, the treason. Jesus became the second Adam and the new life-giving spirit. Jesus became the sin offering. Um, through his crucifixion and redemption through his, the blood that he shed on the cross, the second Adam is the covering and glory of God. 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm going to read 45 to um, 48 from the New International Version. So it is written, 
The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. So Jesus has paid the price for our ransom, the second Adam. And that's what we are. We are a life-giving. He has given us that life, life-giving spirit. He said, he who hath the Son hath life. So I am going to stop there today and I'm going to give you time to digest it and receive it. And um, I'm going to pray, Father God, we thank you for making it right with you. We thank you for the second Adam, the life-giving spirit. And we thank you for his shedding of his blood, um, of, of, of the precious, your precious son, Jesus, the second Adam, so that we can be called the righteousness of God. We thank you for the blood that speaks better promises than the blood of Abel. So let the speaking blood speak for all those who receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the speaking blood speak protection, speak peace, speak breakthrough, healing, and make a way for all those who feel challenged, all those who are in captivity, all those, Father God, who are at the moment, Father God, caught in a bind and caught themselves in things that that is, is that did not um, that they have no part to play in it. Let the speaking blood speak on their behalf. Open doors for them. Open ways for them. In the mighty name of Jesus, this we ask in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. Pastor Sandra, checking out now. Until next time, and please remember to forward this message to your friends, to your families, so they can hear the living word of God, because the Bible says we will know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. And faith comes through hearing, and hearing the word of God. And as you do so, God will bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is entitled, Is Your Name Written in the Book of Life? My text is taken from Philippians chapter 4, and my read is from verse 1 to 3, and my read is from the New International Version, and I read, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Ioda and I plead with Sinchi to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women 
since they have contended at my side in the cause of my of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life so here we have apostle paul's writing to the church in philippi and the tone that he uses to address the philippians church one is no doubt on the strong love and affection that Apostle Paul has for the brethren at Philippi. He made a strong request to Yodia and Sinche in verse 2. It must have been brought to his attention because I believe he was in prison at the time and it must have been brought to her to his attention about Iodia and Sinchi. Iodia and Sinchi appears to be always at loggerheads with each other. So Apostle Paul admonishes them to be of the same mind in the Lord. Same mind in the Lord is a mind that is, is one in accord. Apostle Paul admonishes them to be united with each other. To be united with each other is to be in harmony and agreement. And most fundamentally, he requested. Um, and you can see where it's coming from his heart. He requested. He stated help for Sinchi and Iodia. He stressed these women have contented at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement. And Apostle Paul was very affectionate when he explains how these women assisted him in his ministry, he said, these women have been there for me during my time of need. So they must have been um, there for him during his time of suffering and desperations. Um, he said they contended by his side. Perhaps when he was persecuted and beaten, perhaps the times when he was hungry, and stripped they were there beside him they contended by his side perhaps when he was going through difficulties and hardships and um he encounters um in in, in his ministry life that uh, um they took care of him and they took care of the gospel they they probably clean his clothes and prepare his meals but um these women were there for him so he said help these women he said since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. And I was moved by the words that Apostle Paul gave about his co-workers. His desire was to request help for the women and his other co-workers that he said he knew their names were written in the book of life and so um the holy spirit just took my spirit to revelation 12 revelation 20 verse 12 and uh, revelation 20 um and i'm going to read verse 15 he said anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire so Children of God, my question to you, um, to my listeners, my question to children of God today is, is your name written 
in the book of life? I repeat, is your name written in the book of life? This is what this teaching um, is all about. Um, is to ask, is your name written in the book of life? Um, do you know what it means? Do you know what the question means? Is your name written in the book of life? And um, do you know how, to, how, how do I get my name written in the book of life? So before I go into teaching and showing you how um, to get your name written in the book of life, I want you to turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20. And I'm going to read from the New International Version verse 11 to 14 so that's revelation chapter 20 and we're going to take the reading from verse 11 to 14 and i read then i am going to break it down little by little so you can understand what the writer is saying so we're going to read from verse 11 then i saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and hates gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and hates were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So... This is what this teaching is all about, children of God, is to ask, is your name written in the book of life? So I'm going to um, break it down a little bit um, as to what um, John is saying. So this is John Divine's account. John Divine reported to be the cousin of Jesus, is the writer of the book of Revelation and he was caught up to heaven in the spirit and he is giving an account on what he saw when he was caught up into heaven. He said he saw a great white throne. Not only that he saw the great white throne, but he said, I saw him who were seated upon the throne. So great white throne and he who were seated upon the throne represents the sovereignty of God. He went on to say in verse 12, and I saw the dead, great and small. Dead, great and small means children of God who had expired. So John said, I saw the dead, great and small. Great and small means their status, their rank, position or standing or their station while they were alive on the earth. He said the dead came out of four interments, right? The dead came out of four interments. The dead, 
the sea, death and Hades. And he, John said, they all gave up the dead that were in there. He said each person was judged according to what they had done. He said they were standing before the throne and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. Verse 15. And he said, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So my question, children of God, and this is where the Holy Spirit has moved me, has led me this week to ask you the question, children of God, is your name written in the book of life? You and I have to give an account of all the things that we have done with our lives, good or bad, on the day of judgment. When we pass away, children of God, that is not going to be the end of us. No. We just heard John, John's account when he, he, he was caught up in heaven in the spirit. He reported back that the dead came from four interments. He said, and I saw the dead, great and small, he said the sea gave up its death. Death and Hades gave up its death. And they all gave up their deaths that were in them. So when we pass away, that is not the end of us. He said each person was judged according to what they had done. He said they were standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And verse 15 says, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Why? Because spirits cannot die, children of God. The body that we live in dies, but our spirits cannot die. When we pass away, our spirit goes back to the place, the choice that we make to await the final judgment. And we appear before the judge. The first thing, Papa God, when we appear before the judge, the first thing, Papa God, is going to ask of you, children of God, what have you done with the gift that I have secured for you? So, Pastor Sandra, what gift is that? Okay. Um, we broke the law, but Jesus paid the price for our ransom. So, that is the place where we make our choice and wait in the bosom of Jesus when we pass to await the judgment. So the first thing Papa God is going to ask you and me is what have you done with the gift that I give to you? And God offers everlasting life to everyone who accepts his son. And this is very, very crucial, um, children of God, that we believe that um, um, there is going to be a second um, um, coming of Jesus and he's coming to judge. Yes, and, um, and God offers everlasting life to everyone who accepts his son. So turn your Bibles to John 3 and I'm going to read from verse 16 again. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And um, Romans 6, 6, 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, our, our Lord. So what did you do with the Son of God? And um, um, I, I am going to come back next week with part two and um, address that question. What did you do with the Son of God? What did you do with the gift of God? This is the question you're going to be asked um, when you come face to face with your maker. What did you do with him? So I'm going to pray and I'm going to come back next week with the second teaching because I'm taking it nice and slow so you can understand it because on the day you cannot go to Papa God and tell him, no, I didn't hear. I didn't hear the word of God. I didn't know about Jesus. I, 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 and because um, it, Papa God wants everybody to hear the gospel, which is the good news, and to accept his son. And if you do that, if the word said, for God so loved the world, he gave us his only son, whoever believe, and I like the word whoever believes in him, you will not per perish. You don't have to face the fire. Uh, 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 and, and judgment of damnation he said whoever believes in him shall not perish but you will have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through his son for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life that is what God has given his son to, for us is to give us eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so I am going to pray and um, Father um, David said search me O God and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked ways in me and lead me out in the way everlasting. Father God, I pray that this request will minister to your children. Help them so they can hear your voice. Help them to see how devastating it is going to be if their name is not written in the book of life. Help them to understand that they will be eternally cut off from you to doom and damnation if Jesus is rejected and not made their personal Lord and Savior. Let this teaching shine your light and cause a change. The Bible said the steps of the righteous, they are ordered by the Lord. I pray, Father God, that you will begin to order your children's steps so they can hear the word and um, hear the word of God. Let it turn lives and hearts around. Let this be someone's turning point. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Sandra, checking out now until next week. And just to remind you to share um, this message with your friends. Because the Bible says faith comes through hearing. 
hearing the word of God. And as you share, God will bless you. And as you share, you're passing God on to, to somebody else. God bless you. Pastor Sandra, check it out. Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is entitled, Is Your Name Written in the Book of Life? Part 2. What is the Book of Life? The Book of Life is a record of activities, of the things that we have done with our purposes and destinies while on planet Earth. Jesus is the author and chief administrator of the book of life. This is part two of my teaching. My question to children of God, has he written your name in the book of life? This is a very crucial question. Um, has he written your name in the book of life? So I'm going to take two scriptures for my lessons to teach today. And the texts are from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, but my read is just verse 3, and I'm also going to add another, include another scripture, which is Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. And I'm reading from the New International Version, and I read Philippians chapter 4, verses 3. Verses 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. And if you had listened, or if you listened to my last lesson, um, you would have heard me share how Apostle Paul, how he appealed to the church in Philippi for help and assistance to the, um, for support, um, support for Yodia and Senche to be of the same mind, to help them along with Clement and the rest of his co-workers whose names are in the book of life. And um, my next chapter is Revelation 12, Revelation chapter 20, verses 12. And, and it reads, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So I left these scriptures on a cliffhanger and I told children of God that I would come back with the teachings. And so my question is um, to you, children of God, is your name written in the book of life? And verse 15 says, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And you will recall that um, this was um, what John um, saw when he was um, taken by the Spirit in heaven. So as we go through the different um, trainings and the teachings, um, you'll get more information on that. So, But my appeal to children of God in this 
second teaching is to ask. Um, ask you to look in, in yourself, um, um, uh, to look into the matter, to check if your names are written in the book of life. So in my last lesson, I took you through to Revelation 20 from verse 11 to 14 on Apostle John's visit to heaven. He said, I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. He said, and I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. So what is the book of life? The book of life is the life that Papa God promised he will give to anyone who believes and accepts his gift. What is the book of life again? The book of life is the life that Papa God promised he will give to anyone who believes and accepts his son. What is his gift again, Pastor Sandra? Um, his gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans chapter 6, verses 23. He said for the, uh, this is Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. He said, for the wages of sin is death. This was Apostle Paul um, writing his epistle to the church in Rome. He said in Romans 6, verse 23, he said, for the wages of sin is death. So, 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 so you get a wage from sin. And he said, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What does this mean? It means children of God will spend the rest of their life eternally with Papa God. And they will not succumb to the punishment of death if they accept his son. Death is the wages sin pays when you disobey God and reject the Son of God, which is Papa God's gift to us. So who is Papa God's gift to us again, in case you don't know? His name is Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God. Everlasting life is a type of Jesus. When you accept Jesus, the Son of God, you accept everlasting life. Jesus is, is the book of life. And only Jesus is qualified to write your name in the book of life. He is the only means that can record your name and my name in the book of life. No one is qualified. No one um, can record it bar Jesus. Why? Jesus is the only one that can reconcile us back to Papa God. How does he do that, Pastor Sandra? Turn your Bibles to Romans 10 verse 9. And I read from the New International Version. And I read from verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, Anyone who believes in, it, in him will never be put to shame. Have you heard that, child of God? Have you heard it? Anyone who believed in him 
will never be put to shame. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord? Have you done so yet, child of God? All of us have a book of our life. And guess who is the author? The author and autobiographer. His name is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, Jesus has the mechanics on how to construct the chapters and pages of our book. He and only he can write the Ephesus. He and only Jesus can write our editorials. He and only he can collate the activities of our lives and our destinies on our purpose to write in our book. The activities and destinies of our lives are what we will read back, what he will read back to us when we meet him on the day. Child of God is not your qualification. It's not your PhD. It's not how many houses you own. It's not how, how much money you have in the bank. It's not your investment. It's not stock exchange. It's not how, 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 how big your farming is. No, it is not that at all. It's your destinies. It's your purpose. What have you done with the gifts he gave to you? How many of the gifts that he gave to you were for the benefits of soul winning? How many children of God did you use your gift to help? How many children of God came to the knowledge of your precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through your gift? How many persons did you use your knowledge of Jesus to reach out and touch, reach out and introduce, reach out and bless, reach out and help? How many times did you visit a prison? How many times did you clothe those who are without clothing? How many times did you use your gift to help those who are unwell? How many times did you counsel, did you comfort those who are, who are especially what is happening uh, with, with um, the war? And you see other countries taking, um, taking um, them in because... You know, they had to, um, they don't know where they're going. They have, they have to just run left everything. How many, how many, how many help did we offer? You know, those are the things that are going to be recorded in your book of life, children of God. How many times did you go to church and you helped the pastor? Are you going to say, oh, I'm not going to give him my money because all he does this and all he does that with my money. He, 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 he'll use it for um, cars and that. Children of God, you leave that to God. You play your part. You pay your tithe. You're giving it to God. Yes, because the church it doesn't run with water. Yes, it, it, you have to pay for electric. You have to pay for gas. 
depending on where you live in the country. You have to pay. There are different funds in the church. There are different activities that the church run and take on. And those are the things that are going to be written in your book. Those are the things that are going to be written in your book. Your book of life. What did you use your money to do? What would, did you use your gifts to do? What did you use that ability to do? Some of us, we have computer ability, computer technology, computer knowledge. We have architectural knowledge. We have God has blessed us with talents, musical fingers. Did you go to church to say, let me use this to help the church or to, to, or to, or to um, bless the church one Sunday? Or do you want pay for it? You want to be paid. God will pay to you. God will pay to you. You don't charge God. God will pay it back to you. He will provide. He will open doors for you. He will create an open heaven for you. You just do to God. I'm telling you, children of God. I'm telling you, I've been to heaven and I had nothing to show. I had nothing to show. And I didn't know. That I thought it was your education. No, it's your gifts. It's what you do. It's what you do with the gifts that God has given to you. Did you use it to bless him? Did you use it to reach out and help somebody? Did you visit anyone in prison? Look at the forward that he wrote in Jeremiah's book. He said to Jeremiah chapter 21 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. No one can, can write that. You're forward, bar Jesus. Look at um, the, the, the Ephesus that he wrote for Jabez in First Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. The Bible said Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, his mother and, 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 and his, his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. What did the Bible say? God granted him his request. So don't worry about anything he will provide for you. He will provide for you. Look at the forward that he wrote. And I'm just going to read one more because I've only got 15 minutes um, to put everything together. But he, he wrote one. Look at the forward that he wrote for Apostle Paul um, before he goes. Uh, he, he was able to write, I have fought a good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness is not a degree or a PhD, child of God. The crown of righteousness is your destiny, is your purpose, is what you've done with the gift that he has given to you. And the gift first starts with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I have, uh, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Are you going to allow him to write your name in the book of life? Think about it, church. Think about it, child of God. What is he going to write about you? What are you going to give him to write? So I'm going to stop there for today and come back with lesson three next week. Father God, thank you, Papa God, for this teaching to let you know you are the author and the autobiographer of our book. We thank you for understanding, the understanding in knowing that you are the author and finisher of our faith. The writer of every page in our book, including the Lamb's Book of Life. We pray for your grace and your, and, and, and your will to abide with us so that you can write the foreword of our book as you did with Jabez, as you did with Jeremiah, as you did with Job, and as you did with Apostle Paul. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is store for me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And every child of God that is listening to my voice, let this be their portion in the name of Jesus. And not only me, Father, but also to all who have long for your appearing, we give the glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Pastor Sandra, checking out this for now and just remember to share. This message, even this that you're doing is going to be written in your book, in the, in the book of life. It's going to be written every year that hear it and as you pass it on. God will bless you. This is, this, is, this, is, this is what's going to make you, your name be written. Because you want to hear somebody else to hear about God. So God will bless you when you share it. In Jesus' name, amen.